right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast. It's been quite some time. And Dylan, there's no place like home. We're back, baby. So anything you wanna you wanna add? Anything you wanna say? If if any of our followers are in Texas, you guys just stay hydrated, stay out the heat. It's ridiculously hot over here right now, man. And I, I hate it so much. I really do hate it so much right now. Make sure you guys do keep those fluids. As always, we're back. Actually, no, not as always because we haven't been back in a while. But we're back. The boys are back in town. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's kick things off because this is a very unusual Eagle Eye podcast episode because this is not going to be solely centered around Club America because we're actually going to be talking, solely talking, about the Mexican national team, about El Tri. So, without further ado, as always, Dylan, welcome, welcome back. Hope, uh, hope your vacations were good. Oh, definitely, man, definitely was. It was really great to see us with family, and you know, just to, like I say, just get to see them and, and enjoy away away from Texas. You know, it was really, really nice weather over there, and I have to come back to Texas to a hundred plus degree weather over here. So, you know, not very fun for that. For those of you who don't know, Dylan was uh, was down in Vegas. Uh, the Eagle Eye podcast allowed him a certain amount of vacation time, and they flew him to Texas while I was stuck back here reorganizing everything. So Dylan's vacations was much more fun than mine. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. It, it comes with the perks, man, when you're, when you're the co-host. <laughs> I guess it does. I guess it does. <laughs> but uh, like I mentioned, we're back. Hopefully you guys are excited just as much as we are. Just to give you guys kind of a synopsis of what this podcast is going to be for the next, I want to say, what, a month and a half, hopefully. It's uh, it's basically going to be us talking like we always do. We're going to be recapping games. We're going to be talking tactics. We're going to be talking the ups and the downs. But it's going to be solely centered around the Mexican national team. Um, of course, it's the World Cup just 14 days away. So uh, we, we thought it'd be great for us to kind of come back, pod, and really just focus and, and dive in into the world of the Mexican national team. Of course, though, we, we know our roots. We know they're centered in Club America. So throughout uh, throughout the couple, throughout this month, if there's any news, if there's any kind of updates, we'll most definitely make room to share for it at the end of the podcast. So make sure you guys do stick around because you guys never know. We might have a little something in surprise for each and every single one of you. So without further ado, Dylan, are you ready to kick things off L3 edition? I am, man. I am definitely ready. All righty. All right, let's jump into it. For those of you who maybe are living under a rock and barely figuring out, the World Cup is just 14 days away, like I did mention. And, well, we have plenty, plenty to talk about. And before I think we dive into any of these kind of news updates and whatevers, I think it's best to start off with uh, kind of where we're at right now at the moment with uh, the 27-man roster. Of course, this is going to get cut down to 23 by Sunday. So a lot of a lot of things are going to be happening and a lot of things are going to be going on. So, Dylan, do you have the 27-man roster or do I need to pop it up? I think you need to pop it up. And I wasn't really prepared. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess to an extent because I am looking at the lineup that was, that was played against Wells and I guess you can really base it off that. Except the fact that Rafa Marquez isn't going to be there because, you know, obviously he's not going to travel to the U.S. considering his situation. Yeah. Yeah, so. definitely. Hold on to that lineup because we're definitely going to go back to that right now. But the 27-man roster, as things stand, these are the 27 players that Juan Carlos Osorio has at his disposal for him. One. Um, yes. Uh I'm so sorry. This is so unprofessional. I just said yes for no reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just read on the group chat. Uh, shout out to Marco Herrera who said, are you in Cali, Ivan? Yes, I am in California, Southern California, in Moreno Valley in the Inland Inland Empire. If you know where that's at, shout out to you, my guy. So back to what I was saying. Sorry. Just it's been a while. It's been a while. It's just, just trying to get back into the swing of things, you know, vacation and everything. Okay, so. 27-man roster. Here we go. Goalkeepers. Guillermo Ochoa, Alfredo Talavera, and Jesus Corona. Defenders. Carlos Salcido. It would have been Nestor Araujo, but of course, he is injured. We'll talk a little bit about that injury. So in his place, 
Osvaldo Alaniz, Jesús Gallardo, Miguel Layun, Héctor Moreno, Diego Reyes, and our boy, Edson Álvarez. In the midfield spot, we have Jesús Molina, Rafa Márquez, Héctor Herrera, Jonathan Dos Santos, Giovanni Dos Santos, Andrés Guardado, Eric Gutierrez, Marco Fabián, and up top, you have the forwards, uh, Chicharito Hernández, Raúl Jiménez, Oriel Peralta, Jesús Tecatito Corona, Carlos Vela, Javier Aquino, Irvin Luzano, and Jurgen Dam. So, those are the 27 players. And Dylan, I want to ask you exactly, uh, when when this officially came out, what exactly were your thoughts and, and how did you process all of this? Because there's a couple of names there that, you know, maybe you weren't 100% on board or were you? I, I'm, I'm curious to see exactly what it is that you thought about this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, when I have some experience about this, because you know, I'm going to see some players' names on there that I'm not going to want to go. And, and of course, you know, there are going to be some snubs that people always talk about, too, that didn't get the call-up that they really should have got the call-up, really. And so, you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings going into that, too, as well. I mean, I think one of the most uh, upsetting person that got called, that, which I um, I wouldn't really say upsetting, because, you know, it kind of sounds harsh, but, you know, one call-up that I didn't really like was probably Jorgen Dam, which I didn't really think he deserved a call-up to this, to, um, especially in this preliminary roster, too, the Mexican national team, too, as well. And so, you know, that, that was something that I didn't expect to see. Well, I mean, at the same time, you know, it's Juan Carlos Osorio, so, I mean, you really got to expect the unexpected. You never really know with this guy, too, as well. And I think the really the number one snub, you know, that everybody was talking about uh, that really got grinded some people's gears, you know, I'm pretty sure – uh, American fans aren't going to like when I say this, but, you know, I, I really, really didn't like that Pizarro didn't get a call. You know, I really think Pizarro deserved a call-up to the national team. You know, uh, we've seen him in the March friendlies, too, as well. I, I, I really didn't think, you know, to an extent, Pizarro performed like some people wanted him to. But then again, too, I understand, too, that, you know, the March friendly would just see as well, you know, who Juan Carlos Osorio wanted to call up to whenever it came time for these friends and, and prepare for the World Cup, you know, which, you know, it shouldn't have to be about that. It should be the form the player was in. And, you know, we saw the finish in fashionable form at Chivas. And so, you know, that's something that I really wish I would have seen is um, Pisado being called up to as well. Now, if if we're talking about form, then there's one player that probably shouldn't be in this roster to begin with, and that is Giovanni Dos Santos. Right, yeah. I agree with that too. I didn't really, I didn't really think... Um, Jews should be called up too as well. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, there's actually a couple people out there who really think that people Giovanni should be called up, you know, due to, you know, his talent, you know, but you don't see him in his form, the way he's playing with the Galaxy, you know. I can't remember the last time he actually finished the game playing the full 90 minutes, but, you know, there's just also something about these big tournaments that Giovanni decided to show up in for some reason. And let's not forget, he's coming off uh, an injury, too. So, I mean, that that was always concerning. And then, of course, you see him come back, getting a couple minutes right before the friendly against Wales with the LA Galaxy. And then, of course, you know, he gets about 20, 20-ish minutes against Wales. Um, and, and really, you, you, you don't see that he's the same Geo. But, you know, Geo's a whole different topic that we can get into. But um, I'm curious because there's... There, there are those names though in this roster that some people think uh, were kind of a surprise, and I think let, let me name you three players that I have written down here that maybe, to to me at least, they might be might be a surprise. I don't know to you, um, but you have Edson Alvarez, Eric Gutierrez, and Jesus Molina. For me, those three are kind of you know potential surprise names for this preliminary roster. Yeah, you know. You know, I, at the same time, too, you know, which we know we'll talk about a little bit, too, as well. But, you know, whenever you see the March friendlies, you see the you see the line, you see the the players that were called up. You can even go back to whenever we finished, uh, not necessarily a season, but whenever we finished with the national team, too, with those FIFA dates, whenever we played uh, Belgium and Poland. I mean, you, you get an idea of what players are going to be called up to um, to potentially the March friendlies. And then from the March friendlies, you can see what players could get called up, too whenever it comes down to the preliminary roster too as well. I mean, obviously one thing that we didn't see, which some some teams came out with too, was a 35-man roster. We didn't get to see that. You know, it was 28. And so, you know, these players called up, you know, working Juan Carlos Osorio's way too as well whenever he called them up because, you know, he, he knew what he was doing in the end too whenever he was looking at players to call up. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, 
it, 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 like you said, you go back to those 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 friendlies, and you kind of get a sense of who's actually going to be on there already. And, and and let's face it, in every manager tends to have their favorites, you know, tends to have these players that they stick with, even though sometimes maybe that's not the right call. Um, and I think Ocarlo Osorio has shown some favoritism to a couple of players. And, you know, you 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 have to admit that the Santos brothers are, are favored by JCO. And, you know, Nestor Araujo was a big one, too, that he, he favored a lot. Um, you know what? Now that I said his name, let's let's talk a little bit about that injury. Let, let, let's talk about Nestor Araujo missing the World Cup. And of course, very unfortunate um, because he was coming in in a very, very good form. What... Uh, how do you think this affects the team in general? That uh, you know, maybe your one of your starting center backs is now uh, not going to be going. Yeah, like you said, this is one of our starting center backs. This was the guy out of probably just coming out. Of, if you get to put in a starting eleven, you know, the only guy that's going to be not in Europe. This is the guy that was going to be literally Hector Herrera's, you know, partner right there. That partnership was already built. That partnership is there, and they know how to play next to each other too. And we've seen that, too, a couple of times, too, how they can play next to each other, too. And it's a big blow to the back line. It's a big blow to the team, too, as well. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how Juan Carlos Osorio copes with that, too, as well, going forward. And, you know, right now it's um, either going to be uh, Hugo Alaya or Oswaldo Alaniz, too, as well. Interesting. We'll talk about uh, what this potential, you know, center-back partnership could be. Um because you know Diego Reyes might now be in content to, to to be in that starting center back spot. Yeah, but it looks like too as well. Um, I was reading some reports that it looks like Andres Cuadrado and Diego Reyes are going to be doubtful for Saturday's match too. I don't know if you say anything about that. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? To be honest, even if they're not a hundred percent by Saturday. They're they're going. They're they're first of all, and this where was our second captain. You you would imagine Juan Carlos Osorio is going to take him. To Diego Reyes is another one of those players that he favors a lot because he tends to use him in a lot of places that maybe he shouldn't. But again, that's a whole different discussion that we can probably get into later on in, in down different episodes. But you know, those are two players that I think are going to be crucial and are going to be kind of important. So he is definitely going to take them, regardless of what their what their health is come come Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And, you know, we'll get into this too. But, you know, Saturday is really going to be that part. Uh, whenever we see that starting 11, it's going to be more of a rough draft, you know, of uh, what the starting 11 is going to be like whenever it plays Germany too as well. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see that, you know, and the, the following from the leading up to the World Cup too as well. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let me see right here. We we talked about maybe a, a couple of names that I thought were maybe potential surprises. Um, but now let's talk about those players that maybe should have gotten called up because I know you talked about one Rodolfo Pizarro. Um, but you know, let let me give you a name about a player that I thought maybe should be uh, maybe should have been called up. For the pool, pl- can't even talk. This roster that we have in the meantime, and um, I think the one name that I think stands out to me that we probably should have brought in is probably Omar Govea. Yeah, I mean, I was pulling for Omar Govea to be called up too. I mean, you see the way you see him too in uh, the, the friendlies against Belgium and Poland. You know, whenever he was he made his debut, you know, he was uh, asking for the ball. You know, he was wanting to do stuff with the ball. He wanted to prove the that he can be a good asset to this team. And, you know, he went out and did that, you know, come to the March friendlies, you know, not so much really as much as you, as you think you'd want him to and everything too as well. And so, you know, it was, it was a little disappointing, but not too much of a surprise for me too as well. Not see his name on that list, that, uh, see his name on the preliminary roster list as well. There's uh in the comments, uh, our good friend Marco had said that Oribe is in poor form. That maybe that signifies that maybe he shouldn't have even been called on this roster because there are a lot of people, mostly Chivas fans, that are out there saying that Oribe Peralta does not deserve to be in this squad. Uh, what are your takes on that? Because I mean, you know, he, you know, I, I guess we can be a little bit biased because you know, of course, the team that we support and the team that we cover, but. If if you kind of take that all aside and you try to be a little bit objective here, 
Izori Peralta has he done enough this season to kind of merit this call up, or is he one of those names too that maybe Juan Carlos Osorio just kind of, you know, trusts in? Yeah, no, I'm I'm just be real honest. You know, I really just see Juan Carlos Osorio Oribe Peralta as a name that he can trust, and you know, you you see how much he's done with the national team too as well, and you know, Juan Carlos Osorio is going to take that for the experience too as well, and you know. At the same time, you know, it is pretty bad because we see him that he is out of form. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, we want to take the young players to get them some experience at the same time as well. But, I mean, really, I mean, at the same time, this is Juan Carlos Osorio wants to as well. I mean, it's not good, but it's not necessarily bad to me in my opinion, you know, because I don't really see Oribe Pelato starting that much too as well. You know, whenever I see him come in against the Wales too, I mean, I – I see Juan Carlos Sara testing him too a little bit to see what he can do, what he can bring to the pitch, and how he's going to exemplify that whenever it comes time for him. If if he does make the twenty three man roster, and how he's going to do that in Russia too as well. Okay, I agree with you. I agree. He's one of those names that I think Juan Carlos Sara just trusts in. We're going to talk about that Wales friendly right now because it's been coming up a lot. And actually, before we do so, we're going to play a little bit of uh, prediction here at the Eagle Eye podcast. I'm going to ask you to cut four names out of the 27 players I just named earlier. I need you to cut four names that are not going to be going to Russia. And with that, uh, I will give you my four names as well. So give it to me. I'll go with Jorgen Dam. Uh, Oswaldo Alaniz. Gonna have to be one of those players that's cut. Um, maybe I really hate to say it, but I really, I, don't, I really don't think uh, Eddie Gutierrez is gonna make it, and Giovanni Los Santos. So, uh, wow, Giovanni for you, Gio doesn't make it. No, I don't. I, don't, I really don't think he so makes it. If it was out of preference, I would agree with you. But yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit objective here and kind of think like JCO. Um, for me, I think I agree with you. No Jurgen Dam. No Osvaldo Alaniz. No Eric Gutierrez, which I think is 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 a bummer because he actually played really well. But I don't think he he maybe shined enough in the eyes of Juan Carlos Osorio. No, I, I really don't think so either. And, you know, I kind of... I hate, I hate to put the blame, but, you know, I kind of hate to put the blame that to Hector Edda, too. Hector Edda was, was doing good things, too, against Wells, too. But I don't know. And I didn't, not in JCL's eyes. I don't really think JCL saw what he wanted to see. I don't know. I, 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 I really hate to see Eddie Kutetik get cut. but Well, that's three names. My For the last one, this, I kind of went back and forth with this a lot because I think these are two players that – are definitely probably going to get cut. Um, and I think it's just going to depend on who's lucky enough that Juan Carlos Osorio picks. And it's either going to be Jesus Molina or Edson Alvarez. Either one of those two are going to be getting kind of chopped off this roster. And at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Jesus Molina. Actually, you know, I, I take back my Gio Dos Santos. Uh, I really think I'm. I'm gonna say Jesus Callado. Really? No, he, I think he's even a content starter. I'm. I i do not know, man. He wasn't there. I mean, for me. it's not Who my preference. It? I. I would much rather uh, have Layun in the left back, but I really think he's gonna use Layun on the on, on the right. No, I. I really don't see it, man. I honestly don't. With Jesus Callado, I mean, I mean, cause like, I'm, I mean, like, let's be honest, you know, besides. Besides Edson, you know, how many times have we really, I mean, we never really seen a, a right back, really, like, to be honest, man. I mean, like, if anything, we've seen that left back push up and it's basically a 3-4-3. Three, three. And, you know, he's going to have Hector Moreno, obviously, he's going to start. Probably Carlos Sacedo and then whoever that third center back is, uh, Diego Reyes or uh, Ayala. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really see Gallardo being, being in this 23-man roster. That's interesting because I actually do see him in there, and and he's one of those players that JCL really trusts in also. So, um, okay, well, controversy. We we agree on three players. I think where we disagree is you say Gallardo, I say Jesus Molina. I don't know, man. I mean, 
and I hate saying Jesus Molina because I I I absolutely love the way he plays and what he mm-hmm. brings to the table. He's so versatile because he plays that center defensive mid so so role so well mm-hmm. that he can act as another center back when needed. Um, and the way he tracks the the, the the space in the field, I think it's just amazing too. But I think in the eyes of Juan Carlos Osorio, I, I think he much rather have Rafa Marquez in that spot. He much rather have Edson Alvarez or Diego Reyes as well. Granted, we're talking about three center backs who are going to be playing center defensive mid. Basically, uh, but you know, and Jesus Molina is a center defensive mid, which you know, it's, it's kind of mind boggling the fight that we're, we're we're talking about it like that in that in that context. But I think at the end of the day, Jesus Molina does not make it to to Russia, uh, which is unfortunate. Really, I, I I think he definitely deserves to be going there. I think he he's merited that and. We'll have to wait and see. Of course, Sunday we could both be wrong, and it could be four completely different names that you know no one ever thought about. Because let's be honest: is is Rafa Marquez in doubt of actually going to the World Cup? Um, I mean, I don't really think so, in my opinion. You know, because I, I feel like Rafa Marquez is one of those guys that we talked about that just I want to go sorry, trust to and everything. What's his legal status like, though? I mean, obviously, he didn't travel to the U.S., you know. Um, I, I saw Tom report, too, that they're supposed to meet with the president of Mexico, too. Uh, he was questioning whether Rafa Marquez was going to be there whenever they meet with him, too, um, given given the way the even though Mexican citizens do not don't really like him. And, you know, political wise, too, the, the talks between Mexico and U.S. haven't been good uh, for the past couple of days, too, as well. So, you know. It, it's it's still there. The allegation is still there, as far as I know and understand too, as well. So I mean, it's because uh, to my understanding, and this is probably not the best understanding in the world, but I think he needs to get that situated before they leave to Russia, or else he isn't even able to go and play. I don't know. I mean, I mean technically, he's still on the roster. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. And he, and he has been training, you know, ever since Atlas' season ended, you know, he's he's still been showing up to the training grounds at Atlas, and, you know, he's he's still training, and so... Because he's still training in, in, in uh, with, with no sponsors, correct? Yeah, he's still training with no sponsors. So, I mean, you can't imagine him going to the World Cup and having to train like that. Yeah, I know, but I don't know, man. The same, too, you know, he could just be going, you know, but not necessarily as a player, too. Could be going to do the whole slatan role. He's gonna be, <laughs> he'll be with Visa. I, I guess so, man. I mean, that. Oh, I mean, still, man. All signs point to him going, no matter what. No, I, I, I get you. I get you. Shout out to everyone who's joined so far in the group chat. That's uh, been waving hello to us. Uh, hello, Carlos. Hello, Esteban. Hello, Angel. Hello to everyone that's been out there. Mini animations. Marcos again, like I said, Christian. Thank you guys for joining us. We're going to move on into the second segment of the show, and we're going to be talking and reviewing that Wales friendly here in sunny California at Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, a game that I contemplated on going, but uh, because of you know different things, I wasn't able to go. And at the end of the day, I think it was actually a good thing that I didn't because, of course, we do know what the result was. We do know how this game ended. We knew how everything was going. It, uh, it it seems quite interesting. But, but before we get into that, this Carlos brought up such a good good uh, good point that I brought up in Twitter as well. For those uh, for those fellow FIFA 18 players who are enjoying the new World Cup mode, uh, if you notice something, Rafa Marquez is nowhere to be found in that World Cup roster. And it's funny too because you would imagine he'd be there because there are players there that have no, no. <laughs> some players are there that should not be there. There, what is Picolin Palacio doing there? What's Moy Munoz doing there? What's Pereira doing there? I mean, there's players there that shouldn't even be on there and are. It's it's, it's very mind-boggling. Uh, so that's why I asked too because I feel like maybe FIFA haven't included him in the World Cup roster. Because of his legal status, I don't. I haven't seen him either, man. You know, I've questioned that too. But at the end of the day, man, you know, he's he's with Mexico. He's training with them. You know, I, I want to see history. I want to see the history be made. I want to see him play and captain the team. 
out in his fifth World Cup. But at the same time, man, you know, with like you said, with him training with no sponsors, you know, you're not gonna want to see that in Russia. And you know, um, the game's not even including him to go to Russia because of his legal status. And so, we'll just see how that goes along the way. Wow, he probably just needs to call up, you know, those defensores. And I actually know the number. It's uno ochocientos seis treinta seis treinta seis treinta seis. You need to do something, uh, man. That is how you know that as a kid, all I would ever watch is Channel 34 because my mother would not want to give up the remote. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, yeah. Actually, I think we're getting an update. I think um, I, I think he, I think they updated the squads today, and he is in the World Cup roster now. So, uh, he, he could be. It looks like uh, uh, Daniel Son Pineda, shout out to you. Uh, he said that he last time he played, he saw Rafa Marquez with a 73 rated overall. So Angel looks yeah. like he was saying the same thing too. So, mm-hmm. okay, well, uh, maybe that means he is going to Russia. So it looks like we have nothing to worry about. No, nothing to worry about at all. <laughs> Let's see how that goes from, from, yeah. from uh, down until Sunday. You know, to be honest, this is kind of a relief because of my whole series that's going on that I'm going to be doing on YouTube. Um, and I was like, wow, no Rafa Marquez. And I already stated that I was going to take Rafa Marquez. So I guess I saved myself the trouble there. Yeah, it works out for you. <laughs> yes. All right, we digress long enough. Let's go and let's talk Mexico versus Wales. A very anticipated friendly, not just here in the United States, but all around uh, Mexico as well, because you you were finally going to be able to see the Mexican national team. Now, a lot of people were maybe a little bit furious to know that, uh, to see that none of their kind of favorite players kind of fielded the, the squad. Um, I know I was, uh, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, everyone on Twitter was even saying, that. I think Tom Cesar, you even pointed it out as well, that it's, uh, it, it was going to be a, a starting 11 where most of the players that were up for debate were going to be starting. And that really was how it went. Uh, I know you have the lineup with you. So if you want to give it away and then maybe we'll, we'll go on from there. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Corona and it's in Alvarez, uh, Jesus Gallardo. Oswaldo Alaniz, Hugo Elaya, uh, Jesus Tecatico, Corona, Eric Gutierrez, Hector Herrera, Jesus Molina, Javier Aquino, and Javier Hernandez all started against the Wells. I think the only maybe big names that started were probably HH, Chicharito, Tecatito. Yeah, yeah, and... I, I, think, I don't think the same thing, man. Those were pretty much the biggest names that you got. And then afterwards, everyone else was kind of playing for their spot to go to Russia. And, okay, let's talk first 45 minutes. To be honest, this was for a team that was fielded with players that needed to do and play out of their skin in order to impress the manager. They did not play like that on the pitch. Wales controlled sometimes most of the game in the first half. We looked very sloppy. There was people that were maybe a bit out of position. I think Edson Alvarez had a horrible first half in regards to how he did the second half. The second half was way much better by his standards than than the first half. Uh, And just little subtle things. Alanis giving up the ball in his own field, giving it straight to a Wales player. Um, I think the only really player that kind of just stood out to you in those first 45 minutes was Tecatito Corona. And while as great as that is, that shouldn't have been the case because you had about, what, nine nine to eight other players that were out there playing for their spot to go to Russia. And they, it looked like some of these players weren't really capitalizing on it. I mean, you saw the likes of Alanis, who maybe didn't have his best game. Um, he only had 45 minutes, but within those 45 minutes, he didn't really do much. We looked very, very shaky sometimes when Wales would start running at us. And then, two, I think Jesus Molina was one of those players that maybe in that center defensive mid, he kind of got lost because he was, again, you know, kind of chasing space and kind of trying to track back and cover. But you didn't really see this team play out and play the game that they were supposed to go out there and play. Maybe it had to do with some of these players were nervous. Maybe some of them weren't up for the moment. I, I'm curious to see what you what you have to say about this. Well, you know, like I said, you know, this is a game, you know, where players are trying to fight for their spot on the plane to Russia and stuff like that. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of what you expected a little bit from from the team like that. You know, this is a team that, you know, 
doesn't necessarily play together all the time. This is a team that doesn't really have a lot of chemistry within within each other, playing playing on the field like they were. And so, you know, you've seen the you've seen the back line uh, misplay, bad communication, didn't have that much communication. You see the midfield too. You know, the midfield wasn't there. You know, um, I think Acha Acha stood out to me too as well. Whenever he was playing too, um, you know, really the, the only person going forward was good was uh, uh, Jesus Corona. You know, uh, Chicharito was quiet, which was which was a bit of a surprise. You know, you didn't see much from Javier Aquino, to my opinion. You know, this is something that you that you really expected a little bit too as well. So, you know, I didn't really have that much high expectations for this game. You know, you know, a lot of people come out after the game, you know, saying like, this is a disappointment to the game. This is a bad farewell to the, to the U S fans, you know, um, obviously you get the booze at the end because, you know, it was a scoreless draw, you know, you know, people paid their hard earned money to go see Mexico win, you know, score goals and see, see some goals scored, you know, but they didn't get none. And so, you know, I get it to an extent, but at the same time, people also got to understand that too as well. You know, there's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be the occasional players, you know, that are a little bit lost because, you know, these players don't play together week in and week out. You know, they go have their respective clubs, you know, and they're not surrounded by each other all the time. And so, you know, you're going to see that a little bit too as well. You know, even though though we state that that maybe these are players, these are, 11 players that aren't used to playing with each other and, you know, there was mistakes in that. In And even though we were playing a very good Wales, I think we were still the better side. We were still the more dominant team on that pitch. And, you know, that says a lot, too, about the individual talent that we have. But, you know, you were still expecting more. You, I mean, give it up to Wayne Hennessy, too. I mean, the, the, the guy did absolutely amazing. But you, you would have imagined that this team was capable of doing more with the players that are out there because – we know these players. We see them week in, week in and week out. They're, they're very good players. They're very capable of coming in, stepping into a team, and performing. And you would have imagined that they would have done that. I mean, they we had the ball for most of the time. We had the team, the Wales oppo- opponent, on the ropes. It was just the fact that we couldn't be clinical. It, we, we couldn't really finish. And, and towards the end, you know, at, on, during the second half, it was all Mexico. didn't really remember Wales doing much than just defend it's it it was a bit mind-boggling the fact that you know we could not find the back of the net yeah you know a little disappointing right there too like you said you know obviously you know whenever Juan Carlos started made those substitutions toward in, in the second half too as well you know you see the shift in play a little bit too as well you see a more dangerous uh Mexico whenever going forward in the ball too as well just unlucky not to get that goal that people wanted to see and everything yeah it was quite unfortunate um, but and I, I want you to give me a name of a player that maybe stood out to you in a good way, and another player that stood out to you in a bad way. Uh, in a good way, really, it was. It's, it's kind of hard to really choose between Decatico uh, uh, and Acha Acha. You know, those two players to really me stood out. You know, obviously, you know, you know, they didn't play the whole ninety minutes, uh, but still, those are two players that you know showing good signs. You know, going forward, because you know, I really think Acha Acha is going to start. You know, it's kind of up in the air with Tecatico too right now, whether he starts or not. But, you know, he really has that potential to start, you know. But it's going to be kind of a little hard whenever it comes between Carlos Vela and Edwin Luzano, too, as well, whenever it comes to starting. So, you know, it's a little debate right there whenever what Juan Carlos Osorio is going to go with whenever he's going to start um, his wingers. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, give me a name of a player that didn't capture your... My attention like like bad in a way yeah um really man it's gotta be jesus gallardo man i mean i don't really because he i think he had a pretty solid game I, i'm not saying he was like the best player on the pitch i think he just went out played his game and that was it oh man I, to me he it wasn't there man it, re- it really wasn't i really hate to say that um it just wasn't there for me man i, w- I wasn't feeling it with him at, at the left back spot okay no i agree with you in regards to Achach and Tecatito Corona, not with the whole Jesus Gallardo. But for me, I think the one player that stood out to me the most in, in a good way um, was probably, yeah, it was, it was probably Hector Herrera. Uh, because Tecatito was maybe a little bit more sluggish in the second half because maybe the whole presence of Jurgen Dam. Um, but I think. For someone who kind of was well-rounded for 
as long as he was on the pitch, I think Nick did absolutely amazing. Um, but I think a player that maybe didn't capture my eye to the best and the fullest extent uh, was probably Jurgen Dam. He That's comes not, in. Kind of not a surprise. <laughs> I mean, because he comes in and you think he's going to – he's like, okay, this is someone who's actually played right back and who has maybe some of the traits and qualities that a right back should have. But, I mean, you know, he comes in and I feel like he doesn't really bring it as much, um, whether or not that's the lack of service that he's getting, whether or not it's just the team not adapting to him being on the pitch. I'm not really sure, but he just didn't really capture my eye in that sense. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I mean, to me, man, it's been like that for every game that he's either came in for or started or whatever. I I really don't see him being with this national team whenever going forward, but... I have a feeling for some odd reason, Juan Carlos Sarr is going to find some space for him and keep him in the 23-man roster. Really? You think Jordan yeah. Dam's going? I hate to say it, but for some reason, man, I really just have this feeling that Juan Carlos Sarr is going to be like, okay, let's make some space. He's going to make a ridiculous cut that nobody's going to want to see and take Jordan Dam over somebody else. I mean, he could cut... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, saying Jurgen can't even give a good cross. Uh, I mean, I could see that happening. He can, you know, maybe cut Ori Peralta or Edson Alvarez. And, you know, maybe we'll be in a fit. I don't know. Maybe most of the L3 nation will be in a fit. But I don't know. I think I think Jurgen Dan is one of those players that I think will not be going to Russia. You know, the kid's talented. I know that he has potential to be really well. I think it's just he needs to work a little bit more on his game and maybe be used in a position that actually favors him. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I don't want him to go. I don't really don't think he goes, but I feel like me saying that is going to jinx it somehow. Just be like, boom, it's come Sunday. You know, we're going to see the 23, and his name and face is going to be right there. <laughs> well, I mean, not much to le- not much left to wait. The The list will officially be out Sunday after the, the, the Despedida game against Scotland, which is going to be on Saturday. Just uh, two days from now. So, um, anything else you want to add on about the Wales game? Did, uh, th- maybe what? Uh, I don't know. Really, anything? <laughs> anything else you want to add on about that? Because I mean, we talked pretty much in depth about what we kind of liked and what we didn't like. No, I mean, just just the fact that you know, um, things things got better in the second half. Really, you know, you, you, uh, Juan Carlos sort of throws in names like uh, Carlos Salcedo. You know, I mean, you can argue Jonathan dos Santos. Uh, Marco Fabian. I mean, you, you know, what what I like to see see the most too was that Edson got a shot at the center defensive mid role. You know, that and he did really like, good. Yeah, and he. I mean, forget the first half, man. I mean, the first half is that. I mean, I mean, if Juanco decided to see that, that's where Edson's most comfortable and can thrive right there. I mean, I don't know what he's seeing then, man. I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, like I understand too. At the same time, you know that. The way he plays too, it's almost like it's almost like a, a three-man back line to it, too, because you, you see how much the left back um, pushes up too as well, and you know this kind of like slotting right there. But at the same time too, you know it's it's not necessarily always going to be like that. It's always going to be somewhere on the right, on the right side, like a white a right ring back too as well, and it doesn't suit him. He's not comfortable with that. Whenever he's comfortable in the middle, you know, as a center defensive mid or possibly a center back too. And I, I, I'm glad you bring that up because if you saw his first 45 minutes as a right back, this is no surprise to us because we <laughs> we've seen we've we, we've grown to attest this by nature with, with with Club America. But he can't play right back. He has uh, such a tendency to drift towards the middle because he's a center back because he knows how to play down the middle. He doesn't. He's not too comfortable in the right. I don't know whose idea it was. Probably it was JCO who's just like you know what, you can go play down the right. There's no big deal. But he just has a tendency to drift so much to the middle, especially when um, uh, when players are running at him. Not exactly him in general, but at the defense. He has a tendency to drift towards more the middle, which means he's leaving the winger with acres and acres of space, and he's not really marking his man the way he's supposed to. Um, granted, that should be something that he should pick up as he is playing that position, but it just shows you kind of what he's more comfortable, what he's more used to. And that's always going to be down the middle. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with uh, 
Jesus Gallardo when they played Pumas <laughs> in the Clausura. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, probably, probably don't want to talk about. Yeah, no. Probably do not. But uh, shout out to Leva who says Edson Alvarez needs to go to the World Cup. Um, I believe he needs to go as well. I, I'm not hopeful that he will get that much playing time, but um, he's very young. He can soak in the atmosphere. He can, you know, take all of this kind of, you know, help him grow as a player and then will definitely mature him, to, to, you know, to be able to be in that scenario, to be able to be and see those kind of scenes firsthand. I think it's an experience that uh, that will definitely in in the long run help him out. And hopefully he does make it to, to Russia. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, he got a taste of the, the Federations Cup, not necessarily on the official roster list, but, you know, he was there training with the squad, and then you see what he did at the Gold Cup as the right back, which, you know, the one time he thrived at the, as right, at the right back position was the Gold Cup. Now you don't really see him doing that anymore, which is kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All righty, last question in regards to this. What does this result mean? What? What does the result mean to the team, and how will it affect the team going forward, if it affects them at all? You know, to be honest, I, don't, I really don't think this affects the team in any way. You know, I feel like this team, you know, kind of knows too as well, you know, that uh, these are some of the guys that are fighting for a spot, uh, you know. So, you know, they they obviously are picking up players, encouraging players, you know, go out there and, and give their 100% too. Um, I feel like, you know, nothing against Wells. You know, Wells, Wells has a good side. You know, it was a little disappointing not to see Gareth Bell there too as well to give, give this side um, some trouble and she gave this side, you know, that experience to, you know, see see something like that too as well with, with the world-class player Bell is. But, you know, I feel like this result doesn't really have that much of an effect on the team as the next result will come come Saturday too as well because whenever we see Saturday, um, like I said, you know, Saturday – and then the game against Denmark, you know, those those two squads are going to be the rough drafts, really, really rough drafts, like like the final draft that we're going to see before we see this the starting eleven against Germany. I agree with you. I agree. Let's see what happens now. Talking about Saturday, that moves us on to our next segment, which is the preview between Mexico and our rivals for the Despedida match, which is Scotland. So. As Dylan mentioned, the game is this Saturday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Central time. That is uh, 8 p.m. for all of you people down at the East Coast. It's going to be Mexico's final away game before heading off to Europe, before we head over to the World Cup in Russia. It's uh, sold out, packed house. We're going to see everything lit up in green in uh, in our home stadium. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I think it's a great opponent, too. I think uh, even though it's no, you know, Brazil, Argentina, I think it's uh, it's it's definitely going to be a good it's, it's going to be a good test. And I think, like you mentioned, it's it's going to have to be a game where you field out your best starting 11 that you want to be playing, because now you give them two games. You know, this one against Scotland and the one coming up against Denmark to kind of just familiarize themselves just a little bit more, tie up some loose ends, and really play the game you want to play right before you play that matchup on June 17th against Germany. So, coming into this game, how are you feeling, Dylan? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about it. You know, a lot of people probably know disappointed, you know. Um, I know some people don't have the faith in the team, you know, but I got some faith in the team. You know, man, I, I feel good about this year. I feel good about this World Cup. I feel good about this squad. And, you know, I, I feel like the squad's going to do good things at the World Cup, too, as well. So I'm feeling good. And I think in order for us to kind of just keep feeling good, I think a very, a, a good result against Scotland is, is important. And by a good result, I don't mean a 1-0 or a 2-1. I, I want to see some some passion out there. I, I want, I want to see some determination from the team. I want them to go out there and score goals for fun and showcase how much, how much better we've gotten since a year ago when we were at the Confederations cup. Yeah. Yeah. I, de- I definitely think so, man. I mean, like you said, one, no, two, no, cut it, you know, really, you know, you're going to want to see this team go out and, and chance after chance after chance, you know, just keep pounding it as much as you can. Cause like, like I said too, I mean, this is your rough draft, you know, this is going to be the final cut, the polishing things up of who you're going to see versus Germany. I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, let me give you my starting 11, predicted starting 11, and then you can give me yours, and then we can go a little bit back and forth and see whether or not we agree with some of our player choices. So, for me, in goal, 
No doubt about it. It has to be Guillermo Ochoa. On the right, it's going to be Edson Alvarez in the center back position. I think it's going to be uh, Carlos Salcedo. Hugo Ayala, if he's fit. If he's, I mean, sorry, not Hugo Ayala. Hector Moreno, if he's fit. If not, it's going to be Hugo Ayala. And the left back position is going to be Miguel Layun. At, uh, at center defensive mid, I'm willing to say that he's going to start either Rafa Marquez or he might maybe be a little bit creative and put Jonathan Dos Santos. I highly doubt it, but I really think it's going to be Rafa Marquez. Joining him in that midfield is going to be Hector Herrera and um, Jonathan Dos Santos if he doesn't play in the center center defense. No, not Jonathan, sorry. Marco Fabian, uh, he'll probably start there. And then uh, on the right wing, we're probably going to see either Carlos Vela or Tecatito. On the left wing, no doubt about it, we're going to see Chucky Lozano. And up top, no surprise there either, it's going to be Javier Chicharito Hernandez. I think the one thing that I would really change is I wouldn't have Edson starting that right back right back spot. I really have uh, Carlos Acedo, Hector Moreno, um, Hugo Elaya, and then Miguel, Miguel Ayun. That's my back line. Everything else, you know, I pretty much agree with you. But I would submit Carlos Vela in my right ring position for sure, Carlos Vela. And this is an interesting thing to, to kind of note. It's, you know, these are two very, very good wingers. Uh, but that play two distinct different games, two different types of styles. You know, what What do you think would be better to see a young, quick, fast, pacey, trickery uh, Tecatito Corona or a Carlos Vela who doesn't have the same kind of spring to his, st- to, you know, to his running, but, you know, can, can dribble through defenses and can give you a really good pass. I mean, it's, it's, it, you're, you're kind of left that kind of, you know, a crossway here. Who who do you think is the better option? You know, I I really do agree with you. You know, you know, you you, you get two different styles from both players, and both players are absolutely good. You know, it's a, it's a really hard battle right there in that right wing spot. But at the same time, I really think it's going to be Carlos Vela. I, I really think so. Because I mean, you can always move Carlos Vela towards the midfield, and he can do that role easily. You know. Hmm. But you really can, yeah. And and you know he can just play behind Chicharito, uh, a little bit up top, at Hector Herrera, and he you know you can easily put the Catito Corona there. But I think JCO is definitely going to try to use him in that right wing position. I, I, maybe I'm being a little bit biased here because of actually I don't know how this is biased, but I'm just gonna say it. it I think the Catito Corona should be our starter. I mean. I get what you're saying, man. I mean, you know, and it, it, it's it's not there too. You know, uh, like we said, Andres Guardado is doubtful for the game come Saturday. So there's a good there's a good chance, you know, that he could have Vela in that midfield if he doesn't choose Marco Fabiano and then have Tecatico Corona playing on that right ring too. And I have nothing against Vela. Trust me, nothing against yeah. Vela whatsoever. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful player, one of our best players on on the roster. I just think what Tecatito brings to you is a little bit more than what Vela does maybe going forward. Um, but, I mean, if he picks Vela over Tecatito or Tecatito over Vela, I'm not going to have a fit. I think either either player can definitely come in and be a really good impact sub, regardless yeah. of the player that comes in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, like you said, two different styles, you know, two different players, you know, both of them are going to bring it no matter what. And so it's, re- it's really hard to say. I'll, I mean, for the time being, you know, I don't really think that that, that position is really cemented and who's the definite starter. I mean, you could really go either way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's going to be a lot of uh, positions up to grab come Saturday, but um, I think we both agree in that lineup. I, I, I guess we can definitely go with that lineup. Of course, a lot of absences, hopefully uh, some of the players that we need can, you know, be kind of ready to play. Um, I wouldn't expect them to start. I'd probably give them about 15 minutes each in, in the game. Um, but what do you think about all these absences? I mean, really, you know, it's it's, it's difficult, you know, you know, because obviously you're going to want Andres Cardado in the lineup too. Probably you're going to want him against Germany too because he's been doing great things with Vettis in Spain too as well. You know, I, I really like the move whenever he moved from PSV back to Spain, you know, with Vettis, you know. Um, 
And so, you know, it's tough, you know, to see, to see these players have to go through that injury and to really put off this playing time because right now it's pretty crucial to, to get some momentum going too, not, no, not necessarily as a team, but, you know, for individual players to get their form, you know, for them to go forward with that momentum too and to apply that to all 11 players on the pitch too as well. Yeah, I think rhythm is a very important thing coming into this, and an injury definitely disrupts that rhythm. Uh, it's a little scary to think how these players are going to come into this World Cup, knowing that you know they're coming off an injury. Uh, let's just hope that they can pick things back up come Saturday. Yeah, I, re- I really think so. You know, obviously, you know, doubtful. You know, this kind of really up. Well, I mean, when you hear doubtful, you know, they're really doubting. You know, that they're not going to play. Um, obviously not start, but, you know, we'll see what happens too in the end, you know, whether they can get some minutes on the pitch, you know, but really it's kind of hard to say too. No, I agree with you. I I completely agree with you. So uh, we talked lineups. We agreed with that. Uh, Let's talk uh, a little bit of tactic. What what do you think is going to be going on in that pitch if we field out those 11 players that we've agreed on? Um do you think it's a little bit more the same against Wales? Uh, maybe we try something different. What's what's going to be our end game here? It's really going to be the same against Wales, man. It's it's, it's too late to try something different, really. But um, so expect that four three three. You know, if we're attacking. You know, turn into a three four three. If anything, when we get Ayun pushing up on that left side, you know. But I'd really like to see a little thing. bit more ball possession. I know we had. Uh, I know we had plenty, but I want to see ball position in the sense that I want to see more movement. I, I, I kind of want to see the players kind of, you know, have a flow, have a rhythm to them whenever they're passing. You know, I, I want to see a little bit more, you know, one, two touches kind of getting in behind the defense in a good way. Uh, you know, because I know JCO loves to, to, to switch the ball over when there's too much pressure on one side. And if he's going to do it, great, because that gives Miguel Ayuno, whoever's going to be playing right back, a, a really good position to kind of just move forward and keep moving the ball that sense. I just want to see a little bit faster pace from it. I, I kind of want to see a little bit less mistakes, and I want to see a team that's going to be starting familiarizing themselves with a game plan. I think it's the most important thing, a game plan that has good structure and and has kind of exactly what we need that will help that that we need wow i can't even i can't even come out with the <laughs> with my explanation but a a game plan that suits the players that we field out and because of that we're going to be ended up getting a result not only against scotland but against denmark and against uh germany and against everyone who we play in the world cup um i think it's important that you, you know cuz jco is a very tactical kind of manager he studies the opponents to a fine, you know, tooth, and um, you know, because of that, sometimes our tactics change. Um, and and I'm okay with that. You know, different teams require different attentions and and, and different game strategies. It's just I want to see how these this team adapts, and I want to see how this team performs with set tactics. And if he's going to play out one way, okay, then let's see these players perform out that way. Um, and and really just kind of want to see how each individual is going to perform out there and hopefully he starts the the best 11 possible yeah yeah well i think we'll definitely see the best 11 possible and i think we're going to see what you want more um from the team too because you know you're going to see it the, the strongest team possible out there come saturday and, and from here on out pretty much so you know um he wants to get that rhythm going he wants to get that structure settled into and everything and so um, that's what that's what exactly what we're going to see and I agree with you. Now comes our favorite part of the show. Predictions. Give me a prediction for Saturday. I go I go with three one win. Really? I'm going with a shutout for our boy Memo. I think he we're going with uh three now. Okay. I like that. I like that. Three nil. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy. Three nil. You get a clean sheet, you get morale going, you get a couple players scoring. Hopefully Chicharito can put one in the back of the net. I'm going three 0 and uh, it looks like uh, people are agreeing with us. Yeah, Leva three, Mexico three, Scotland zero. Yeah, I mean, see how that goes Saturday too. Can't wait for that game. Now, if Mexico to somehow manages to upset us even more, and they don't get a result against Scotland, what's gonna happen? <laughs> oh man, that's good. 
It's a really tough call. It really is. I mean, what do you change? I mean, what, what, what was what was not working that, that was supposed to be working? Um, was it a player? Was it the tactic? I mean, you got to change from within, too. I mean, you know, uh, that's one thing. You, that's one thing you say, you know, Juan Colosor was able to adapt to the style of play. To You know, he studies the style of play the team does and what they do and how the team comes out and, you know, formation-wise and everything. That's just something that I, I hope that doesn't happen, you know. And Juan Colosor is able to adapt to going along with the, the way the Scotland's playing if he doesn't – if the outcome of what they're supposed to do does not come out that way. Okay. I completely agree. I completely agree. So that is our preview for Saturday's game. Make sure you guys do tune in and make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Eagle iPod because we're going to be live tweeting that game for you guys. For whatever reason, you're going to miss that game on Saturday, whether you're going with the in-laws, whether you're going to a baby shower, where you're going to a party, regardless of the situation that you're going to be, that you will not have a television in front of your screens. Don't worry, we will have you guys covered full 90 minutes. So, without further ado, Dylan, is there anything else you want to add on to this preview? Um, No, I mean, I think we covered everything. We talked about everything and found everything off, too. So, we'll be, we'll be back next week. We'll be back to review everything that's going on with, uh, with the Mexican national team. And, um, you know, to be honest, a we we're going to be talking about that 23 man roster. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there's going to be uh there's going to be a couple surprises, a couple of names that maybe should not be on that final 23, but of course that's all going to be for the future ahead. Make sure you guys do tune in to uh to next week's episode. I'm pretty sure it's going to be one that uh that will have a lot of tension. Um but at the end of the day, we'll definitely be very uh you know very informative as well. Well, uh, again, we're going to be uh, live uh, tweeting that match for Saturday. It should be interesting. Hopefully, the team is able to get a result. And for any bit of news regarding the Mexican national team or America, you guys can always follow us on Twitter, like I said, at Eagle iPod. If you guys, for whatever reason, miss a live show and aren't able to make it, you guys can always find us on SoundCloud and iTunes as well. So you guys can always take us on the go and can always have us in your commute. So without further ado, Dylan, last question. Anything else you want to add on? Uh, I wish I would have looked it up. I didn't really think about it. You know, we also cover America, obviously. So, I mean, I wish I would have got something on Colombia, you know, if they played, you know, something we could have said about Mateus Uribe, maybe. I know, I know he was called up, you know, he's on the preliminaries right now, but I don't, I looked for something real quick and I'm not finding nothing. We'll have we'll have an update for everyone come next week. Last question though, and I know I said last question last time, uh, but real quickly, uh, of course, this is Club America. Bit of news: uh, we do end up buying uh, Luis Reyes. We finally get a left back for the upcoming <laughs> season. Uh, just quick, maybe a couple uh, thirty second thoughts on uh, on on what this means for us. Oh man, it's a it's a good signing. It's it's a improvement uh, to team too. It's something that. Uh, helps the team too in the long run too as well. And it's something that can better assess, you know, uh Piojo's status in the club right now. Cause I know a lot of people were calling for Piojo said whenever the Glasura ended. You know, now that that's addressed, you know, now we need to address the striker position, you know, um probably a couple other positions, you know. because um, obviously, you know, we thought we weren't uh as deep in positions as we thought we were. So, you know, it's something that we can always fill and see how that goes going forward too as well. I agree with you. I extremely agree with you. Finally, we have a left back. All I can say is I'm over the moon exactly. Uh, it looks like he's ready. It looks like he's determined. It looks like he's happy to to be with the club. So we'll, we'll have more as things develop for Club America. But for the meantime, we're having our binoculars set on the Mexican national team. It's been episode 21, the legal episode of the Eagle Eye podcast. And... Uh, Thank you to every single one of you guys who came out and, you know, joined the live chat. We always encourage you guys to come on by, talk to us, and interact with us. Shout out to every single one of you guys who did that. To Marcos, who said that this was the first podcast he's seen, and he loved it. He stayed all through the beginning, all the way to the end. Shout out to you. Shout out to every single one. Uh, Mr. Labor, Carlos, uh, Christian, uh, Chicken Biscuit. 
Shout out to you, my guy. Chicken biscuit to you. Um, Every single one of you guys that came out and also to every single one of you guys who are listening right now, because without you, there would be no podcast. Thank you to uh, you, Dylan, for always being the best co-host. Thank you for coming back. Oh, no problem, man. Always enjoy doing this. Uh, Nothing like home. Nothing like being back home. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be with you guys throughout the whole World Cup, and it should be a very, very interesting one at that. Well, without further ado, we'll see you guys very, very soon. Until next time, take care. Y arriba, Mexico. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Hasta luego.